welcome back to another episode of Full Time Football. We are joined by Connor McCann, Nathan Torres, Connor, and Jordan Snedden, or we'll just call him Snedden tonight since that's what you seem to get called in work. <laughs> what was that email about, by the way? See how you call Snedden? Is it like, see when your name gets put in an email and sometimes it would be like Ferguson? Going back, uh, I, I, think, I think that's what it was, and they've just and the boys just thought he would call you Snedden. Fucking idiots, man. <laughs> Not even Sned, just Snedden. Snedden. Hello, Snedden. Hi, how you doing, boys? Anna? Ah, no, no bad, bad No bad. Can't complain. Well, you can't, you can't complain. The football, but... It's going to be fucking lockdown. Aye, there's plenty to complain about. We can't do that. I want a fucking pint. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's the main thing. One well weekend, a dry January. <laughs> Nothing to complain about, but I'm going to spend the next hour complaining about Celtic. <laughs> oh, aye, that, that plenty of that is to come. That's Don't you worry about that. Aye, well, I'm sure we'll go into that at some point tonight. But I think the best place to start is with this weekend's semi-finals. Calling it the set piece semis because both games were decided on set pieces. So we'll start off by saying, cast your mind back right to the 16th of December. Right, David Martindale is. Uh, in charge of Livy I think he was contemporary charge at the time but he's recorded his fourth win in a row at Livy not Ross County proper, the David Martindale aye ah, they're now fitting proper David Martindale so he's recorded <laughs> his fourth win as Livy manager on the bounce nobody's talked about him yet uh, Conor McCarthy's last minute winners just knocked out Rangers and there was four teams in the pot for the semi-final Hibs, St Mern, St Johnson and Livy McCann you said that night Hibs won't win it we put I did. a poll and 55% of people said Hibs would win it. Why did you 55% it's Hussein. I, I said Hibs wouldn't win it because they are Hibernian Football Club. There is a famous term called Hibs that and you don't get that term for no reason. No, I just, I don't know, I've no actually, any time I've watched Hibs this season, I, I feel as if the players have got only matching where they should be in terms of, for me they should be comfortable place this season and I, 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 don't, I don't think they've been that great to be honest <laughs> if I'm offending them they, I, I'm sorry but <laughs> for, for me for the signings I've made they've got a they're coaching teams alright I mean you look at where they were under Heckenbottom they were an absolute disaster so they have improved but I just thought this season they would really kick on and be third place and it would be happy days for them especially after Celtic and Rangers were both out the League Cup at quite an early stage you thought right Hibs surely favourites but I just had a feeling that they, <laughs> they would essentially bottle it Aye, obviously the other teams in the, the pot were St Mern, St Johnson and, and Livingston see to be fair it's not, it's not often I get things right I mean even the last few shows in this I, I've I've said things and they've been made to look absolutely ridiculous. But <laughs> I think just about uh, every player. Absolute slander players, and then the next game, next game they score a brace. So, exactly. So, Holy it's, sure. It's, it's, it's unusual to get something right, but I'm glad, I'm glad I got that one right. Oh, you had a one in four chance to be felt they wouldn't. Well, no, well, I don't know what the chance uh, was. I'd, 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 I'd a 75% <laughs> that's, that's chance no good of being there, by the way. That was horrible, Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, 
I thought I'd take a look at the poll that I, we put out anyway on the 16th of December because I put it in the chat earlier on. So Hibs were 55% of people thought Hibs would win it. 21% of people thought St. Johnson, uh, St. Mon, sorry, would win it. And then 13% for St. Johnson and 11 for Livy. So Johnson and Livy stay, obviously. Less people thought they would win it. They're both in the final now. But we'll start off with St. Johnson Hibs game on Saturday. St. Johnson 3, Hibs 0. Who wants to take the floor? I'll let somebody else take the floor because I never actually watched it live. So. I, I haven't I have seen any of the goals. Right, well, I watched the game live. So <laughs> <laughs> I've, seen, I've seen all the highlights now, but I didn't watch the game live. I thought Hibs started the game pretty well. Um, had a good few chances earlier on that they should have scored. Jamie Murphy especially had a shot saved off uh, Zamba Clark miss, and then he hits the ball. Uh, Jackson, obviously, as well. I think he had two headers that he missed. One hit the... the the bar hit one went past the post as well. And then obviously, I think it was the 35th minute or something like that, Jason Kerr put St. Johnson 1-0 up, which at that time I thought it was very unjustice. A bit of a smash and grab at that point. Smacking header, to be fair. Aye, it was a good header. I think who was in the back post at the time? Was it Jamie Murphy as well at that point? Somebody's in the back post. Fucking hate when goals score for a corner and somebody's at the back post and they don't attack it or something like that. He's just standing there looking at the ball. Um, but I don't like Hibs so fuck them St. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Johnson went to an up in the second half uh, a Sean Rooney header McCann you just said there before when you are watching the highlights it was some header which it was and then ah, he went I mean, on to he basically standing in the 18 yard line to generate the power he generated beat Marciano with ease Abs- absolute bullet header that was an Andy Carroll I, 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 I think that was the pick of the goals for the weekend for me off the bold shout uh, he obviously repaid Craig Conway as well with uh, an assist into the back post and it was three Nelson Johnson's kinda of salt in the woods at that point. But I think even watching the game, watching the highlights, Hibs were so unlucky in the way they won that game. I mean I, I mean I, I, thinking, I, I'm unlucky to a point, but I mean you've got to take your chances at the end of the day and at the end of the at the end of the day, they've been pumped. Let's be honest, let's not be about the bush here. 3 0s are pumping, especially in a semi final where you're the favourites to not just win the semi final, to go on and win the competition proper. So, I mean, kind of, oh, sorry, Torres. Every kind of big game that Hibs come into, they always just seem to bottle it right now, especially under Jack Ross, where they kind of deem to turn the corner. It's, they just can seem to kind of flat out to deceive. Um, he said after the game that they lacked strength and character. I mean, you you could say a similar story if you look back to the Scottish Cup semi. I mean, it's twice this season Hibs have had a very very good chance of, if not winning a competition, at very very least getting to a final. And they're playing their Edinburgh rivals who are a league below them at the minute, and playing St Johnston who are several places below them in the league. They've been letting their lips at both games, and twice have came up short. That being said, I thought the Hearts game was a was a brilliant game back in, back when yeah. it was played. But at the end of the day, they still fell short. Had a penalty with ten minutes to go to all but win the game and missed it. So it's just key moments for Hibs haven't been falling for them. But as I said, I've not been that impressed with them for the players I've got. I, I'm, I've really been expecting them to kick on for a, for a good wee while, and they don't know. They seem to be doing it. Uh, especially, especially last week I thought they played a blinder on the transfer market in the last last couple of weeks with Jackson Irvin and Chris Gadden 
So that uh, was two very astute pieces of business, but... Obviously, we'll move on to the Rangers-Hibs game later on, but I think, see when you look at some of the Hibs games I've seen this year, like when they played Celtic and when they played Rangers and that, they're so wasteful in front of goal. Like, mm-hmm. The second half at Ibrox, they battled Rangers, but they just couldn't have the ball in the net. And it was kind of somewhat of the first half on Saturday as well. Like, had so many chances to score a goal, even if there were half chances, but they just kind of put the ball in the net. It's no, was absolutely bailing after the game as well. It's no for the... the like. The one having like good players, like the the attacking end of the park. Like they've got Kevin Nisbet, who's joint league top sco- top goal scorer. They've got Christian Deutsch, who scored a barrel load last season. They've got guys like fucking Martin Boyle, Chris Cadden, all really creative players. And you just wonder why can't they score goals? I think they must have been better. Never played part on Saturday as well, didn't they? Don't, don't know if they have been missing a wee bit of a creative spark for the middle of the park this year. Obviously, Scott Allen has been all season up till, up till now. Uh, Joe, knew what I like, but he's maybe, maybe more effective as a kind of deeper playmaker mm-hmm. than Scott Allen typically is. I think it's hard to put, pinpoint what, how Hibs on the really reaching their potential because... As I said, for the players I've got, they should be comfortable with up for me. Uh, and, it, and, and should have been in two finals this season. So I think, I know there's a long way in the season to go. Hibs might well finish third, but I think when Hibs look back in this season, already, we'll see it as a lot of missed opportunities. I think Jack Rossi's position's under pressure. Nah, no chance. Nah, but, uh, I think so. As I said, the last... The last manager they had was an absolute disaster. So I think in terms of getting Ross in for a bit of stability, if anything, all right, it's not, as I've said, it's maybe not went as good as you would maybe think it would have went, but they are far more stable than they were under, what was his name, Heckenbottom. So, and then the manager before then, we've got to speak a lot about him tonight, I reckon. But <laughs> <laughs> who, who was the manager that got Hibs up? The Stubbs, Alan wasn't it? Stubbs. No, Stubbs. No, it wasn't Stubbs, actually. Stubbs no. failed every time. No, it was it was Lennon actually. Did, did Lennon take over them in the championship? Aye, he did. Aye. I didn't know that. Aye, Rangers win the top league by him, wouldn't they? Aye. That was a year after. Aye, I didn't worry. I'd done the St Johnston Hubs game then. Yeah, I was quite uh, I'm quite impressed by St Johnston. St Johnston, for for all we talk about Hubs underachieving, St Johnston. For a, for a long time I've, I've been kind of overachievers in Scottish football for the resources they have they've kind of alright they're, they're not quite at the level of getting into the European qualifiers every season that they were a couple of years ago but that's enough that's a, another cup final they're in obviously won the Scottish Cup uh, probably five six right, years ago now <laughs> I, mean, I mean it, feel, it doesn't feel as long ago as that but it probably was a, a good few seasons ago now but uh, aye, St. Johnston, I think, for for the resources they have, they do very, very well, to be fair. And I've got, to be to be fair, I think they've got a few right decent players in it. I really like Jason Kerr. Obviously, aye. the boy Rooney scored the header. To be honest, I, I, I'd not seen a lot of him play before before that game on Saturday, but aye, impressed with St. Johnston. Obviously, I've, I've always... I've always uh, had a soft spot for the keeper. I think the keeper's a good keeper. Xander Clark. Nah, I think he's nah. brilliant. I thought he had a good game. Again, I had, had a very, very good game. 
he's might maybe not quite hit the heights that when we were first talking about him, kind of as of late. But I think he was back to his best on on Saturday. Because yeah. we, I thought, I think at a time we were kind of every Scotland squad that was coming out. Well, like, what are we missing here? How's Xander Clark no at least pushing for that third keeper spot? But he might yet have a chance. You never know. I think he's um, that old, is he? Maybe mid twenties. I'll look up, but what are you gonna say? Uh, I think see when St Johnson added uh like Conway into the into the team, I think that's given him a bit more experience. Like get that the guy who he's, he's played at like kind of a good a good standard in the South and everything. He's, he's looking really quite stocky, isn't he, Conway? Aye, yeah, aye. Oh, oh, obviously he's doing a third for them, but I've seen him there, I couldn't believe the size of him. I always kind of remember him as a wee kind of slight guy when he was at Dundee United <laughs> back in the day, but... <laughs> yeah, but I, he, I think he's been a, a, good, a right, like, start on for them. Ah, he's been a good say. I, I mean, what, what, what is he, 34, 35 yeah, maybe? But must be mid-35, aye. Final level, well. Obviously, the level of experience he's brought... It's been a good thing for St Johnson. I, I, I do think uh, I was sceptical about the appointment of Callum Davidson, but I think I think by this point you, you could say he's done quite a good job with him so far. Um, I mean, I, I, what, what are they sitting in now? Seventh in the table? Ninth, I think, to be honest. Was it ninth or above? Yeah, but I think they're sure above, they're reasonably like, comfortable above Motherwell, I think. Uh, when I heard that they were he, when he was coming in, that he planned on changing the, the like the entire style of football and everything that you're used to seeing St Johnson play, it was always pure lump up the park and everything. I kind of feared the worst for him. I was like, does he have the players to to actually be able to pull this off for St Johnson? But fair, fair play to him, man. He has he's made he's, they're, they're actually no bad to watch as well now. St Johnson. When they first came in, Rangers played them at the start of the season. It was like maybe the second or third game, and I think we battered them four 0 And it was because uh-huh. they kind of stopped playing that kind of way, and they were trying to play out for the back, and that didn't really work. But see the third goal they scored at the weekend. I, I thought that was like that's clearly coached the way they've scored that goal at the weekend. Uh, well one-two pass, and then the back the cross to the back post. Obviously, the first two were set pieces, but nah. I thought uh, that third goal just showed that it was. I couldn't imagine a Tommy Wright team scoring that goal for that way. Uh, moving on to Livingston's mum game on Sunday. The Livy train keeps going. Scott Robinson's <laughs> goal puts Livingston in the cup final. Um, at this point, Livy went into the game 10 games unbeaten, 8 wins, 2 draws against Celtic, home and away. Uh, I thought they started quite well. Um, see if you're watching the highlights. <laughs> I don't know if any's watched this game, but if you watched the highlights, you would think it was just like 500 free kicks or something like that. I, I watched the game on Sunday and I thought it was actually quite a good battle to be fair with both teams but that's got uh, right. I, 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 I probably watched it up until about the 75th minute and when I called it to work but uh, <laughs> to be honest I, I mean Livy did their job brilliantly like, to be honest I, I thought it was very very I thought it was a bit of a mismatch actually in the first half like, without, without sounding overly disrespectful to St Mern I thought Livy just snuffed them out all over the park in the first half and kind of strolled the game to be honest but I didn't I didn't think it was a great spectacle that game I've got to be honest but football wise but, I mean I aye, f- f- I think the both teams like they did they showed a lot of desire put it up way. they both looked <laughs> like they wanted to win the game 
unless listen, Levy have done absolutely tremendous stuff with under Martin Dale since since he's got the the head coach gig. But uh, aye, as what what is there the most pleasing in the eye? But you just you, you, you can't say a word against Levy. They know they're absolutely no. absolutely flying. And I think Martin Dale's actually in his first twelve games. He's in the top five for managerial starts of all time in Scottish football. Like, that's a testament to the job he's done. Like, I don't, <laughs> can he begin to imagine what he's what he's done there now? But whatever he's done. To be honest, I was very, very impressed with him twice against Celtic, especially the game at Parkhead. I know Celtic had a few a few players missing, but to, to be honest, well, Levy was a far better team in that game. Celtic were fortunate to get away with a draw for me, but... Their press, their relentless intensity is very, very impressive. I think see just Scott Robinson, the form he's in, I think just watching him as a player just summarises the way Levy play. He's a pure pest. He just presses everything and he scored five goals since Martindale's came in. He's only started six of the games. <laughs> and what, he, was a, he was a midfielder before that as well, wasn't he? Ah, he was a player that like... He was playing for. I think I think it was East Fife. He was playing for four or five years ago as a midfielder. So te- testament to the coaching he's getting at Livy that he can turn himself into a free scoring striker in the SPL. And the goal he scored as well is at the height of shite. He flicked the ball in for a header, and Bartley I think hit the bar, and then he ran in as well and headed it in again. <laughs> it's, it's just because it's testament to the kind of atmosphere that must be around Livy then, like that. That the, the dressing room harmony there must be absolutely spot on. Guys, guys playing for one another. Guys playing for their manager. It's they're a breath of fresh air, to be honest. I thought I think they're either first or second in the form table since Martin Dale took over. So, they're just absolutely flying right now. And of all the teams to go one 0 down against, Livy's the last team you want to because. No. Half the time. Oh, I mean, I, de- I definitely up. feared the definitely feared the worst when 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 it was one 0 after fifteen minutes. Cause I thought Livy will probably be quite happy with this, and to, to be honest, yeah. Mum lacked the quality really yeah. really test them for me. But even at that, for being well structured and kind of good in the press, you can play a, some good football at times, you know. To be fair to them, so they're kind of bringing that into the game now. Where under Holt, it was more absolute murder ball. Yeah. Big, uh, Big John Guthrie, he he's got something like ten goals or something for them this season. And he, he's he's a centre half. Ah, it just shows you utilise your strengths. Uh, I think I you mentioned there about Holt. Obviously, Holt, you're part of the bus, and since he's left, you're saying the other styles changed ever so slightly. But I think they've only conceded like six goals in 12 games since he's came in so like they're, they're not even conceding goals you know what I mean like they're actually they've just been better all over the park no. Jim Goodwin said after the game that he was dis- disappointed that he was proud I think he was pretty much saying Lovey's probably the second best team in Scotland right now I mean St Martin gave everyone didn't he aye ah they did but for me they, they, they did lack a bit of quality I'd... To be honest, I didn't realise until very, very late on that Jake Doyle Hayes was the player. I think they missed him massively. I think he's the most creative player by quite a distance for whatever I've seen or something. And, uh, I think he was badly missing in the middle of the park, to be honest. 
Martin Dale said a... after the game, uh, the balls are at the hospital to put bandages on. <laughs> <laughs> thought I'd get that quote in because I thought it was quite funny. I mean, hopefully, I mean, obviously it's a start going on, but hopefully we can start to move move beyond talking about his past every, every time we play a game because. It's, it's getting a wee bit repetitive now. I mean, the guy's the guy's done his time. He's obviously a reformed character now, and getting a brilliant tune out of, out of Livy. I don't, I don't know why every time there's a success story in Scottish football, we need to do our best to play it. Then, do you know somebody? I seen somebody on Twitter mention it the other day, right? Obviously, we've mentioned it as well. So it's a big bit of contradiction, but every time Livy do well, somebody's talking about Martin Till being in prison and that, right? But Declan Gallagher was in the Scotland team and nobody even questioned his criminal convictions and stuff like that and like he's playing in the Scotland national team so why is it taking so long for the SFA to give Martindale the fit and proper? I mean you could say the example across British football I mean how many many times did Wayne Rooney get a second chance after driving or whatever else I mean Troy Deeney Troy Deeney I know what the Rangers Jack Gerard Gerard was arrested back in the day, I mean, I mean <laughs> oh, oh, obviously, obviously there's, there's levels to, <laughs> to, what, to what Martin Day was in jail for, but, <laughs> but I, I'm, basically the point remains, I think I think the time has come to kind of move beyond that and put it, put it to one side and start focusing on the good side of what they are doing. Right, so moving on to Martindale's uh, imprisonment, and obviously, do you think uh, it's his good coaching, or he give, he's given him a few lines before the games? <laughs> <laughs> Players are buzzing at their tits when they're in the, in, or in the park. Aye, but obviously, it's going to be Livingston and St Johnson in the, the final on the 28th of February, so put out a, toll, a poll at the weekend there, a toll, poll, and... Uh, a few St. Johnson fan pages did retweet it, so ah, I'm not sure how accurate ah, this is going to be. I, but I, was, I, was, I, was, I was about to say, St. Johnston kind of did jump on it, so... Uh, 26% of people thought Langston, 74% of people thought St. Johnston. What do you think? I, uh, I honestly can't see by Livy. They're flying right now. I know St. Johnston are in good form, but right now, what is it, 11-12 in the bounds for... Well, after yesterday's game, it's 12, aye. Aye. No. They're absolutely flying, and I just can't see Bayern right now. Nah, Their nah. confidence is sky high. And they'll, but they'll believe that they can win it. Uh, if, if you were pressing me, I would probably say Livy. But I, I do think it'll be extremely, extremely close. But uh, I just think for the, for the kind of form where they've shown in the past couple of months, like, you can't really bet against them, then. Nah, I agree. I mean, what is it? How many games did they take in charge of 12? And 12, they've, no, they've not lost a single one, so I don't see why you would think that they would lose now. Ah, the, the only games I've drawn have been against Celtic. And, <laughs> to be honest, and at least one of them, they, they should have sure came away with more. Aye. Um, the last two so Livingston have only won one major honour in their history. It was the League Cup in 2003 and 2004, right? They beat Hibs 2-0 in March. A month later was the first time Martindale was arrested. <laughs> right, here's a wee bit of a comparison. 
St Johnson won the Scottish Cup in 2013-14, right? And it was the first year that uh, Tommy Wright was the manager of St Johnson. Callum Davison was his assistant, and now it's Callum Davison's first season as manager, and he's taken him to a final as well. So that's weird, isn't it? Shows where the two managers were. The last time both teams won a trophy. <laughs> Was Davidson the assistant at that point? Sorry, but wasn't it? Was Davidson the assistant at that point? I can kind of vaguely remember him playing for Scotland. I thought, I thought that was only maybe 2010 or so, and I'm surprised. But Davidson came in halfway through the season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good game. I'll be looking forward to it anyway. I think uh, it's a good success story for Scottish football if Martindale does get that trophy. Aye. Uh, uh, it'd be good to see. <laughs> what were you saying? I say that will be a good success story for either club whoever wins it because they're no very because with all due respect to both teams days like this don't come around very often for either of them so it'll be a massive day for both teams Aye true I think I've seen a, a, a doctor or something like a St Johnson fan doctor right on the Twitter the other day saying he's vaccinated how can he not go to the the game at Hamden? But that was quite a good point as well. If he's had the vaccine, how can he not go to the game? I mean, you're probably talking about a hundred people that have been vaccinated that are both Livingston and Johnson fans. But <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's, well, that was quite a good point. Very nice gesture. Like, I seen that somebody somebody tweeted. I don't know if it might actually be one of yours um, about like given this like the fan base sizes. How can you not have like a socially distanced crowd? I've got to listen, it would, be, it, would be, it would be even really nice if you were able to get maybe even a thousand for each team. Aye. Very socially distanced, but I just, uh, it's just not going to happen, uh, sadly. No. So it would have been a nice story if we could, we could have well. finally seen fan, fans at a game. But Aye, uh, Rangers will be going for 59 by 10 fans around the stadium. Right, <laughs> uh, moving on to the League Cup. We'll move back to the League. There was a couple of games, well, it was a full card last night, actually, wasn't it? Aye. Aye. Um, we'll start off with the Rangers game, because I'm always starting with the Celtic game. Sneds have been here for a few weeks, so we'll yes. talk about how good Rangers are. Yes. Sneds have got a floor. Class. I Rangers know. won, Hibs well, no. I wasn't overly impressed with Rangers in the first half. I did. I think I texted Chrissy a couple of times talking about, uh, about how fucking much they, they were annoying me. Arribo, I thought Aribo was horrific first half. Probably the worst of, one of the worst performances I've ever seen him had. Uh, and Hibs should have, Hibs could have been comfortably two 0 up at half at half time with the one that Jackson Irvine skied the other bar, and then Doige had a really good effort. Um, if it was either side what's going on here <laughs> <laughs> well, why is it why is that why is that robot just started talking 
Det er galt, der skal det ikke komme bare igen. Nej, hvor er det? Ej, um, så Deutsch havde da en really god effort. Det var either side of McGregor, det var like, cool. Um, and then second half, Alfie Moore, obviously should have been sent half in the first half. But, take it anyway, mate. A really, really good goal, and Glenn Camara is still the best footballer in the world. Oh, sure. Glenn Camara last night, oh my god. Can you see me now? Just your leg, mate. I do. I, yeah. I just could. I just didn't want to talk about that game, so I just thought. Robot. I don't worry. We're still alive. Ties myself. Aye. Now you mentioned Glenn Kamara. There. Oh my God! It actually gets best, me going. Best football in the world, honestly. I was just after night shift yesterday, and I only got two hours sleep, and I was looking forward to the game all day. Cracked a wee beer open, and like half an hour, and I was like, "Oh my God! This is putting me to sleep. This is horrible to watch." Um. Only the big talking point, obviously, is that Morelos should have been sent off. Uh, uh, I don't think there's any question on that one. I think he's going to get uh, a retrospective ban. Uh, but with some goal from the, the, the play, kind of, a lot of people were talking uh, about the, the Ryan Jack goal at the weekend. I thought this was kind of similar as well. The kind of we won twos. Was, and it was like the two wee flicks. The first one for Davis and then Adibo flicking that into Morelos. It was just so horny. Yeah, and something that Morelos hasn't done well this year that I've given a lot of stick about is like kind of hold the ball up well, kind of yeah. gets drilled into the, the channel and he holds it up and kind of starts to play and then he, he drifts inside and gets obviously the reward. But Aye. it was good to see Ryan Jack starting again because I thought again he came on against Ross County with no spokes in him, but he was tremendous. Aye. I think I think we've, we've missed him big time. Yeah, and then obviously Kamar Ruth came on at the end of the game as well. He looked quite involved. Aye. Uh, I thought I, I actually really thought um, Itten and Zungu done really well when they came on. Itten won the held the ball up so well, draw, drew in. Yeah, he won a few fouls, didn't he? And Zungu broke up the play so well. I felt like every pass that uh, Hibs were playing through the middle of the park, he just intercepted and would just play the simple pass. But sometimes, sometimes you need to do that when you're trying to hold a one 0 lead. Yeah, I'd be interested to see him actually start my game, but. I don't know when we're going to see that, to be honest. Because uh, I think every one of his uh, SPL appearances have been for the bench. Yeah, he only started that one game in Europe, I think it was Poznan, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't overly impressed on that day. He nah. was, was switching the ball well, but... Um, Mitch Rangers, 20th clean sheet this season. And 26 20 games top. or something? Yeah. Oh, that's unbelievable. And, um, it's been 564 days since Rangers signed Philip Palando. And he's never lost a game for Rangers. In the, in the league. In the league, sorry. He's not been injured next to this thing. Aye, but McCann, 564 days. I'd say he's still played about 30, 40 games, surely. I mean, Marvin Comper was in beat Celtic. <laughs> oh, can we? You about that. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love Hillander. I think he's an absolute player. His goal against uh, Ross County at the weekend was fucking excellent. Oh, what a bullet keeper. I mean, obviously, I was I never played at any retrospective level, but he is good at everything I was bad at in football, <laughs> and, that is, and that is a long list. He just reads the game so well, man. But you know, timing time like, tackles being number one. <laughs> I mean, like Sned, I texted you last night about that one that he brings. I think it was Dodge or something. Like that. He, he kind of makes it look like he's 
just like clumsy or made a mistake or something like that. But you don't know uh, if it actually is. Like, kind of, you don't know if he's actually been smart, like getting away that foul to be fair. I, I think I think he's clumsy at first, obviously going down, but then just taking the man Williams just a bit of like a bit of experience, I think. That's oh, what he's doing. He's class, man. Um, Hibs were pretty wasteful again, but weren't they? Aye, aye. Hibs missed up team chances in that first half. Um, Doyle and, and Nis- Nisbet, I think, was really quiet last night. I was quite quite surprised because he's he's been a handful every other time we've played them. Um, he's been a handful against Celtic every time as well. Uh, so I was expecting him to have a bit, like, show a bit more. Um, and Boyle as well I know he came off the bench but didn't seem to do much when he came on uh, it was good to see Scott Allen coming back in obviously after the, all his health problems and that uh, so but aye his were pretty wasteful Jackson Irvin's chance in the first half was horrendous I don't know how he's not scored that what I was actually saying when uh, when my mic went tonto earlier was Jackson Irvin's not in good form in this podcast tonight because that's about four times we've been talking about a miss, he said. <laughs> oh, actually, I, for- I forgot about this. I didn't even notice this during the game. Uh, but Hibs-, Hibs should have had a penalty. I've well. seen a clip of that on Twitter, actually. Uh, Golden go- 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 just fucking shoves him to the deck. I've not seen it, to be fair. I didn't even watch highlights. I've, I, I, I've seen two clips for, for the game last night. It was uh, Alfie Stamp and the... The penalty that wasn't that wasn't given. Uh, but I think that the reason that one wasn't given is because I think it makes it look like he's gone for a diving header because he actually gets quite close to the ball, and you wouldn't believe that Goldson's tried to throw somebody into the ball. So I, I think I think that's how that wasn't given because uh, I never noticed it in in like real time anyway. It wasn't until I seen the, the, that clip put on Twitter uh, that I actually. Like, noticed it. Surprised McCann isn't sitting there shouting conspiracy. <laughs> Masonic conspiracy. No, no. It was Clancy, it was no, the ref no. last night anyway, wasn't it, Beaton? Brother beat me. Uh, aye, so Rangers 23 points clear. We'll move on to the probably the third best team in Scotland now. Uh, <laughs> Hamilton? Hamilton. <laughs> I don't think Hamilton's form's been that good, to be fair, but. Uh, Celtic 2, Hamilton 0. I can see when I was I only briefly watched the highlights, but see when I looked at the formation before the game, was Edward in a ten? Because you've mentioned before you'd like to see him in a ten. No, last goals. No, it was it was kind of back to the diamond, but uh, obviously Christie came out, so Turnbull was a bit deeper. and Elianusi was in the ten. Edward in that formation does drop a bit deeper anyway, but it was it was Elianusi that was was playing in the ten position. Right, so McCann, you've got the floor. Celtic two, Hamilton now. Talk us through it. I mean, it was just it was all right. <laughs> you can't put too much gloss on it. You can't you can't be too despondent about it. It was just all right. I, I, uh, I'm I'm sick to death with a lot of things about Celtic, but I mean, as far as far as taking that game last night in isolation, which is it's quite difficult to take games in isolation, then, but. Started the game at a reasonable tempo. Started quite fast. Got the ball moving quite quickly, which is 
which was a bit of a blessing because the last few games that's just simply not happened. The tempo has been ridiculously slow. But started quite fast. Lee Griffiths got the goal. We'll come on to Lee Griffiths probably more. That was a good goal. That. But uh, aye, good finish. You know that. I mean, for for what I'm probably going to go on to say about the guy, he's he's a very he's a very good player when he's in the mood, and it was a good finish. Uh, after that, fell a wee bit flat. I'm still like the defensive partnership of Duffy and Beaton's just just know just know what you're wanting to be honest with. You. But uh, uh, Hamilton, well, obviously we we talk about them all the time. No, no enjoying, <laughs> no enjoying the fact they're in the league and that. But they are very, very limited. They they offered very, very little, and whatever they did offer, it was kind of worth the Celtic. Mm-hmm. Falling apart defensively, which they didn't. They, they never created really any openings. Oh, well, there's one kind of clear cut chance, which I think is it Moyo? Moyo, he just, he just kind of, I think he was very, very surprised that the ball actually came to him. Duffy kind of attempts a diving header, he miles away, Beaton gets dragged out of position, and then all of a sudden he found himself eight yards out with the goal gaping, but the ball came to him very fast. He kind, of, he kind of just, I don't think he realised. The time and space he had, he could have maybe even taken a touch. But aside for that, it was a it was a really comfortable evening for Celtic, to be honest. But it was, I'd, I'd say for large parts of the game, it was still pretty flat. It, was, it, it didn't get me out my seat, put it that way. What would get you at your seat? At the moment for Celtic, a fast, a, 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 a fast four, a fast four, fast four in performance with a lot, with a lot of goals. I mean, we know by now I want the manager away, but I mean, every, every game you know, I'm still. <laughs> so it's not as if I'm going into games wanting, wanting to lose and what. But I mean, fast four football is what we want to see, and for 15 minutes maybe we got that. There was, there was a couple of positives last night. I mean, Sorrow again was very good. Turnbull again controlled the game in the middle of the park. Edward was a wee bit better. Elianu, Elianu, I think it was Higgins I was talking to in our kind of Celtic chat. He kind of said he'd been quite top. I thought he was making himself available in good spaces. A couple of times he gave the ball away, but in the final third, when you're when you're trying to break teams down, I don't mind that too much. I thought he was finding space quite well, getting in dangerous areas and being quite dangerous all night. To be honest, I quite like Elianu saying the thing, but. In normal, in a few games this season, he's went missing. So I was glad that he was at least going for the ball and trying a few, a few things. So I was quite happy with him as well, to be honest. Uh, and then Ayer at right back was fine, but I, I mean, it was just a pure past performance. Like, you're, you're not going to look back at it in, in a year or two's time and really remember the game. It was just it was one, one of the nights. Mm. You, you never really look forward to any games against Hamilton. You know, you know it's not going to be um, unless you come firing out the traps and really go for it. It's, it's not, it's not going to be an entertaining game because it, it's a brutal team you're playing against. Let, let, let's not get about the bush. Yeah, one other player I was really happy with listening was Greg Taylor. Aye, I mean, aye, I would, I would completely agree. He comes in for a lot of stick, but. He's, he's, yeah. not a, he's not a player I, I, I feel actually ever really merits a great deal. He, he had no, one kind of moment last night where he misjudged the flight of the ball and I think it was Moyo again, kind of got in behind and had had an opportunity for a cross. But aside from that, he was he was getting up and down, 
delivering decent crosses, I thought his delivery is a lot of the same question, but I thought his delivery into the box was pretty decent last night. But yeah, I think he's a far better player than Laxell, but that isn't that hard right now. I mean, Lax- Laxell's a weird one. He, he burst onto the scene, he was firing, but he's, he's massively regressing since then. Yeah. I like his dig and I like his passion, but positionally, he's all over the place. He's all over the shop. We get with Greg Taylor, you get a defensive minded fullback that knows his positioning. He, yes, he can can work in his attacking play, but that would come to him with games. So I don't see why you're playing a lone E when you've got a potentially good player there ready to play. It's like yours. See how you how, mentioned there about a lone E. See, like for the past couple of years, obviously Rangers have been at the title race by a certain point in the season, right? And we've maybe been playing players that were loanies, like Joe. What's his name? Joe Warrell or something like that. And like, oh, players like that have been to like, different teams. <laughs> That's always annoyed me because I was like, the league's already done. Why are you still playing, like developing other players' teams? Why not like like Greg Taylor, for example? The league's... Well, I'm going to say the league's done, right? So why is Blackout still playing? Like, why is Greg Taylor not getting more of a chance? Or why are they not just saying, yeah, Duffy, you get up the road and Sean Welsh, you come in and play a few games or something? Well, so, I mean... I'm... Obviously, it's a part, part you haven't been in for a few years, but like part of the current management for, for Celtic has 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 been the loan market. I think is you've got you've got Duffy the new who's let's be honest done nothing to justify his weight the wages he's getting paid at Celtic done nothing to justify the fee that was arranged to get him up here, and we, it's it's no it's no part of the loan that it can be terminated at any time. I mean, I've I seen folk talking about the fact that you, you can't recall Jack Henry, but I mean, if we're getting to the point where you're calling out for Jack Henry to come back, that that for me in itself is, <laughs> is a bit worrying. I, don't Jack get me wrong, Henry like, and Jack, Jane Duffy, what a pack to it. Don't get me wrong, Jack Henry's probably a fine player, but he just, the demands at Celtic, he, he just wasn't up to it, and that, that, that's no slight on him. It's, it was a massively, massively, oh, big pressured environment that he just whether it was a stage in his career he was at or whether it was just he, he just played, played wasn't quite at the level but whatever reason it was it, it didn't work out for him so I wouldn't be rushing to get him back quite frankly but but I obviously we've got the we've got the news today that Ben Davies the Preston Ben Davies not the Spurs Ben Davies which <laughs> I seen a few folk allude to the fact they thought it was the Spurs Ben Davies, but <laughs> but uh, aye, Ben Davies for Preston the day talking about in the summer. So to be honest, I'm I'm skeptical. I seen ending it. I'm I'm not really wanting to be massively active in this transfer market, which sounds ludicrous. But no, I think if if there's a severe lack of movement in this window, I think it points to Lennon being away in the summer. I mean, uh, well, I mean, Lennon's going to be away in the summer. So I mean, like, aye, but there's no doubt about it. If well, Lennon's on a 12-month rolling contract at Celtic, if, it, <laughs> if that contract's renewed to next season, but there'll be 8,000 folk maximum at Celtic Park next season. And that, <laughs> so his contract up next at the end of the season regardless? I mean, uh, but Lennon, for, for all the time he's ever been Celtic manager, has been a 12-month rolling contract, so... All right. So that they can just get rid of him in the Scottish Cup, do you think? 
Do you think he would have any salvation? No, no chance. Don't, don't, nah. don't get me, don't get me. I, I, it's absolutely ludicrous that he's still there. I mean, I thought his, I thought again his pre-match interview last night was a complete joke, a complete embarrassment. And he, to be honest, he just keeps getting worse. It's, I'm so, so past feeling any empathy towards him. I actually can't stand the guy. Now. But <laughs> I, I've, I've got, I actually cannot stand him. Really, get no respect for him anymore. Give me your tears, GMC. <laughs> nah. I, I agree with Dan there. He's just... He's just looking to blame anyone but himself right now. Like, he, what was it, two months ago or a month ago, he said Barkas was his number one and now Scott Baines is number one. I was going to ask you about that. How do you feel about that? Look, like, uh, it, look, well, Barkas has been absolutely horrendous. Well, I'm, I'm not going to... But to throw him under the bus before a boy's been kicked last night in a game he's not even playing, I'm like, when is the need for... How is how, how, MD ever going to recover if they've been slandered by our manager before a game where he's been dropped? Like, it just does... His man what management and all that just completely went to pot. What was, it he said, what was it he said about Barkas again? Something about not reaching... No settled well or something. Ah, uh, but th- before the game, he was saying, "Oh, his performances have been up to scratch." He's a t- blah blah blah. That as soon as I, as soon as I heard that, I thought, "Fuck you! you you're, you're just fucking me over me. I can't be asked with you." Nah, it's like he's blaming like everybody else but himself. I mean, is is presser? Is presser? The the question he was asked a question by the ninety minute cynic, uh, or just this cynic? I think it's called. <laughs> but. Uh, can you understand the frustration of the fans being at the title race by January? And I don't know if you heard this answer, but it was, it was nothing short of absolutely Aye. embarrassing. It was amazing. Well, well, like I didn't hear it. It just goes like that. No. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and what what plan? What Lennon is a player. His standards were. He was a player with immense standards. Like winning was everything to him. And he's getting asked a question about being twenty three points back in a title race in January, as if that's in any way acceptable for a Celtic manager. Like it's, it's with us. With us, it's, it's completely no. farcical. He's still there. No, this was the, the, the press conference that was, before that, the game. That, that was, that, that so was that, that no Celtic TV that would be doing that? Well, it was, it was no, in front of all the media, so but that, that, this was the question oh, well, he was asked by 90 minutes, isn't it? I bet. Honestly, he's just... A, he's resembling a broken man now. And I think for the good of the club and probably the good of for himself, it's best that he just leaves. No, he's a shout. He, see, see, as soon as he goes, I never see him back at Parkhead again. <laughs> Cannot stand again. He is a weapon. Is that Torres? Uh, MD coming in and saying, oh, which, which went before he's a Celtic legend? I say, fuck. Do me a favour. He's yeah. a fucking arsehole, am I? I'm sitting here, you know, cutting sorry, sorry, sorry to swear. I, 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 don't like the, I don't like being overly. Overly, over the top with the profanity, but aye, that, that, that's, that's, that's my opinion. Wait, wait. Man. Like, there's no denying that. You know, he's a 
fucking cunt of a man. And I'm sorry. Like, I've been saying this since the first Old Firm game of the season. He shouldn't have been there. And the likes of Sweeney were shouting me down, saying, you're wrong, Truffles. You're wrong. Who are you going to get in? I said, fucking nightmare. Hey there, you with the sad face. <laughs> and please, let's leave it up. Um, so, I, another, another thing I want to allude to is they, they throw Lee Griffiths in front of the cameras to say, oh, oh following the line to the old fucking, the fans have been spoiled. Lee Griffiths is the last person that's got any, any right to speak about that. Lee Griffiths wasn't fit for... Lee Griffiths, at the start of 2020, it was in fire. Up top with Edward, getting a tune at the two of them. Best form Celtic have been on in the past maybe year and a half. Lee Griffiths, after lockdown, can he keep himself fit? Can he get fit for four months? Four months of the season, he can he get fit? Four months of the season where Celtic fall. I, I, don't, I don't know what they were behind before Lee Griffiths was start, starting regularly. At least 12 points. Lee Griffiths, shut up, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Completely embarrassing. How long could they do that? To be honest, I don't care how good a player he is. He's, he's done for me. He's, nah, a complete, he's a complete embarrassment. After not being available all season, pretty much until this point. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I didn't know what they expected when he came out and said all the fans are basically entitled and spoiled. And like, it, it's normal for fans to be fucking raging when you're 23 points behind in January. It, it'd be a, a rather natural occurrence, I'd say. And they're all up in arms about it, saying that we're all entitled. Well, no, we're just wanting our club to do better. I know, another thing that Lennon and Griffiths, I think, have both said in the past couple of days, the 10 was always going to be difficult. I would expect a challenge, but there hasn't, there hasn't been a challenge because we've not gave a challenge. 23 points ah, well, yeah, in January. Same time, but like, even a good Celtic team would be struggling to match Rangers' sights this season. Aye, no. Listen. Rangers have dropped for eight points all season. Four, four draws. Six, six points. They're not drawing four games, no? Nah, three. Three? Right, well, three games. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a bad start there. <laughs> ah, well, but right, they've dropped two. They've dropped, dropped two points less than I thought, right? Big, big deal. Who cares? She's, she's a maximum. It's what I've Celtic played in the 20, 21, 22 games. She's a maximum. You're, you're saying maybe two draws, two losses. What's that? Ten points, a maximum dropped by this point? If you're, if you're really being serious about making any kind of challenge. How many points have we dropped uh, in 2021? More points than we... What? Oh, no. Four draws. Aye. Farcical. Right, Sam's, well, obviously Sam's at the football club are a disgrace. I, I, and it's been accepted. It's been accepted by those by those above Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon is dishing out that shite. That coaching team is dishing out that utter shite. And they've not been given uh, their jotters. It's been accepted. It's been accepted that we've fallen miles short of where we should be. So, like, every week, obviously, you're on here slagging off Neil Lennon, right? And... Justif- justified obviously but like I thought this week I'd ask you a couple of names right and I just want to hear 
if you would take them or if you would notate them. Because obviously, if we're getting to that stage now where Rafa Benitez has been linked and stuff like that, so I want to actually see who you would take here. So Rafa Benitez, I don't even need to ask you, you'd obviously I mean, take that. I'm, I mean, of course I would take Rafa Benitez. fantasy land, but I... Eddie I mean, at the, same, at the same time, if we ask it, we can ask the question. What? That's that. It's a big job. It's a big job. We're not ambitious enough. If we were ambitious enough, we would never have that dick in charge. Aye, but see, at the same time, Rafa Benitez was on twelve million a year in China. Aye. I mean, I'm, I mean, so he's on nothing, no? What do you offer him? <laughs> <laughs> what do you offer him? He's on the fucking dough, isn't it? I mean, like even. Obviously, I'm not even going to say would they come around because there's no chance he's going to come and tarnish his reputation when the league's pretty much done. So, like, even in the summer, like, what is what is going to get Rafa Benitez his tail wagging about Celtic? I mean, unless the Champions I, League. Do, do I think Rafa Benitez would be enticed by a move to Scottish football? No. But when, this is a guy that was in the Championship in Newcastle a few years ago. But no, was he in the Championship? Aye, he was. If you put an offer in the table, all Rafa Benitez can say is a politically decline. I forgot about that, to be honest with you, right? I mean, if you say, look, you've got a chance of Champions League football, I mean, see, to be honest, see if we got a guy, I mean, Rod, Rogers is kind of proof of that. I thought, see if we get a guy at that level. You've got him for two years, maybe, before he... I don't know how he was back in the match. Like he had his, he had his I mean, connection aye, to Celtic, I mean, I mean it's, it's been alluded to the, the, the fact that Rodgers obviously had Celtic connections. Not quite as much as what he, as what he claimed, <laughs> I don't think, but... <laughs> um, Eddie Howe, yes or no? Yes. Yes. He's got, a football, ident- got a, foot- football identity, Eddie Howe. He's got a football identity, Eddie Howe. He's got Premier League standards, football and identity, good style of play. I, I, I think, to be honest, I think Eddie Howe's a, a perfect match for Celtic Aye. for both parties. But we'll see, we'll see how it transpires. What was the next name? I don't know it? if I mentioned it on the last uh, live pod, if, if it was on the podcast or not, if it was just in the chat. But I, I don't know what it is for me. It just something's missing me, Eddie Howe. Obviously, I can't really talk about who I want to be Celtic manager. It's not really anything to do with me, but like. I put myself in the shoes if he was linked to a Rangers. Eddie Howe wouldn't get my tail wagging, to be honest. I think he just lacks that kind of that character, that kind of edge or something. I mean, then again, see, see when you seen Gerrard initially linked with a job, were you that excited or were you just excited? Ah, he's, got that, he's got that winning mentality, he's got that character, doesn't he? Like, he would walk into that dressing room and people would be like, fuck me, that's Stephen Gerrard. Like, Aye, Eddie Howe to me, I don't think does that. I think... He might know, but he's got standards that he expects for his players. It makes Celtic well-drilled with an actual tactical identity. Better than oh, no, don't get me wrong. They would play good football, but Rangers played good football with Mark Lovett as well. He was absolutely hopeless. <laughs> Aye, but that's so. he made all you fucking loaves of bread in your head. Because uh, we had fucking Rob, <laughs> Rob Kiernan at the back, man. Mate, do you know what I've seen for the first time the other day? Did you see that? I've never seen that boy sitting in the Ibrox with the loaf of bread sitting on his seat the actual <laughs> rapper you've never seen that I've never no I've never seen that before that's brilliant um, I think that was where it all started was it I think so is it the guy um, had, he had the cone the I cone, cone he's actually made uh, it out of different loaf packets I, I think that was that where it all started oh, that was class um, Jack Ross yes or no 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 
Paul Lambert. I don't know what the obsession is with him scaffolds, but we're absolutely... Jack Ross, he has improved Hibs, but for me, they're still underperforming. So an underperforming Hibs manager is not getting the Celtic job again. I think what he lacks as well, obviously, is the connection to the club, isn't it? Not that connection. I don't need them to have connection with the club. I, I, nah, I, I don't like Neil Lennon. Just saying, Kevin Hibbs, like Neil Lennon obviously had previous connections. Um, Paul Lambert? Nope. Nah. No? Not take Paul nope. Lambert? Stock's absolutely nowhere. Uh, and, uh, the not, 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 fact, not, not just the fact that Stock's nowhere, he's, he's, he's not doing a good job at absolute so. Nah. Uh, the recent one, obviously, this week was Lampard. Lampard Gerrard. Uh, no. Really? No. Torres? Nah. Uh, I can see why folk are saying it, but no. It'd be good for the Scottish game, I think, publicity. Uh, maybe, but... Like, I, I, I want to go along the lines of a proper coach. Like Lamp, Lampard, if he got the Celtic job, would be... As we were talk, talking about earlier, because his name's Frank Lampard, but... He's not done anything as a manager yet to, to justify being in the frame for big jobs, for me. I mean, he got the Chelsea job because of who he is. A guy, a guy doesn't get to the playoffs with Derby, lose the playoff final, and all of a sudden get the Chelsea job. Yeah. Do I think he was quite harshly treated by Chelsea? Possibly. But he'd done a decent job last year, but obviously not been able to sign him then. But... He's seen guys like Havertz, Werner, who were absolutely flying last season. He's no managed to get a tune at them, so... I think his problem was mainly that he signed too many I, of the types of players, maybe just I, three or four, but it was, it was hundreds of that. I actually so see, they watched the, the Chelsea-Wolves game uh, the other night, and Havert, Havertz looked a totally different player. But I, I, was, I was actually uh, talking earlier about the, about the likes of Lampard and even Roy Keane, like, Massive names as players, not so massive names as managers. But one thing, one thing they two would bring you is a is a level of professionalism. Which yeah, I, I, the fact we're even saying that is, is talking itself. Who on earth are we well aware of? Like the fact you're talking about managers being able to bring a, a level of professionalism in. It, it grinds my gears. I don't know if you can tell I'm a bit hot and all but <laughs> I've only got one more name in my life. But no, uh, uh, to finalise on Lampard, it would probably be, it probably be a, he'd probably be the top of the nose if that makes sense. But for me, as I know, he's, he's no, he's not done enough for me. Um, the wild card is obviously Celtic have just announced, or was it announced or is that official? But uh, Ben Davies is coming on pre-contract. Would you take the present manager, Alec Neil? <sighs> it's a funny one for me. He's at <laughs> again. It's it's, it's, bold, it's bold to come out and say, "Oh, Lampard's not done enough as a manager, but I would take Alec Neil." Working <laughs> uh, under very different budgets, not. I mean, nah. I, I, I think Alec Neil's been really quite a good manager wherever he's been. The only thing is, Celtic's taking it to taking it to a whole new level. But you look at the likes are. Well, let's look at Ronnie Dyla as a basic example. I know, I know, he's not coming to British football and all that, but done a very, very good job at Storm Godset. Won the league with him. Happy days, but that's 
I had a good philosophy of the game, but just, just the Celtic job was just that wee bit too big for him. They're running the risk with that with a guy like Alec Neal, but I, I actually do quite like Alec Neal as a manager. I, th- I thought he was excellent at Hamilton, obviously. You remember that mad run Hamilton went on when they first came up? Yeah, aye. Norwich got them promoted, but obviously got them relegated again, but... Norwich work under that kind of budget. You've obviously seen them last season do the exact same thing under, is it Daniel Fark? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd, aye. Uh, do you know what? I probably just about would take Alex to... I think, the would, I think the only thing that would stop me is that I think Lowell would just dictate whatever was going on. You want a manager that will actually kind of Come in and have the complete control of what he wants. I think on analysis. I'm going to make a bold prediction now. See next season, Lawwell won't have any say in this format. Well, welcome to Celtic, Alec Neil. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's after that brief summary? Then, what's who's like the one name on your on your tongue? Use a name, Torres McCann. Even tough if you've got a name to spout it. Let Torres go first. I can. Aye. Uh, do I think this will happen? No, because the guy's in employment. But who would I go for first? Graham Potter. Right. Aye. Love the way Aye. he plays again. Absolutely. I, 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 I think. Oh, right. I've kind of been blown hot and cold about this season, but I've, I, I think with the players he's got, the football he's got, them playing the Premier League's fantastic at times. You yeah, see the, player, the players he's got, like, they've signed players for big money. Aye, but every team in the Premier League signed players for big money. Well, it's, it's all relative in that league. Aye, but they're still kind of fighting down the bottom end of the, the table. Aye, but I, I think that's to, to be expected when you're breaking it, in all honesty. But to, to be honest, I, I, I love the, the style of football here. You've seen what he done with Ostersons, like absolute no marks for Sweden. Put them into the Europa League. Was it last thirty-two or last sixteen? Played yeah, Arsenal. But I mean, and then he went to Swansea, wasn't it? For me, he he would be a, an outstanding appointment. Would it cost a, a, a good bit of money? Or... It would. You you probably have to spend a good bit of money to prize him at his Brighton contract and get him up the road. Would they would they want to come to Celtic from the Premier League? Maybe if he thinks he can't get a job at a better team than Brighton in the Premier League, it could be a possibility. If he if he has his sights set on maybe a Spurs or something in the future, then maybe not. But I would certainly ask the question on Graham Potter. It'd be a bad day if, if they did make an approach and somebody like Graham Potter's turning down Celtic to stay at Brighton. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it wouldn't happen, but I, I, th- I think if you put an offer on the table and it's it's enticing enough and I mean, there's a Rangers fan as well, but I, I, you'd like to I, I would, think I would say jump Rangers or Celtic went after a Brighton manager, you'd like to think that the pool would be big enough. Champions League football and trophies, etc, etc. I, I, I think it's unlikely, uh, to be honest. Yeah. I do think it it's de- unlikely. It depends, but... depends how well he does the rest of the season, to be honest. If he struggles second half of the season, I've you know, you've seen the English game being very cutthroat. I've actually been brought round to the idea of Mark Hughes as well. I'll say that. His stock isn't high at the minute. 
but I've actually been brought into that idea. <laughs> There's a boy, I'm my lot's a Newcastle fan, and he's talking about all these names that have been linked to Newcastle, and he's absolutely billing at the thought of Mark Hughes being the Newcastle manager. And now you're coming on here and telling me that you'd take Mark Hughes. But see, to be honest, it was, it was the same guy no billing at how? Uh, no, I wanted to. I was the one that said I don't think I would be good at Celtic, but I think I, mean, I would do a good job at Newcastle. But I mean, Mark, Mark, Mark Hughes's last Mark Hughes's last job isn't a success. It's just happening. But before before that, I mean, Stoke City for five years had them in the Premier League all that time. It was an upgrade in the level of football purist was playing. Maybe not results wise, but if you remember back in the day, he was he was kind of seen as the one to replace Fergie when Fergie finally retired. But kind of unbelievably went to Man City at the time but I, I think that's a wild card as well but it's a wild card that would be quite interesting I hate Mark Hughes so I wouldn't oh, mind if he went to Celtic <laughs> he's also he's also another one with a massive pedigree I mean played with was it Bayern Munich Barcelona and Man U he's played with in his career so I'm have some good contacts anyway he's an absolute dick though um, just finally, another thing. So, sorry to interrupt, but I was saying like another thing in Mark Hughes, like his biggest win percentage at a club is forty six point eight percent, and that was at City. Like I don't think that's really the numbers if we're just breaking it down to that that you'd be looking at for a Celtic manager. Okay, you've definitely just Wikipedia that, but of course I have me can because I don't know <laughs> fucking his win percentage off the top. Of my head. <laughs> I don't see, see, I can see, over Mark Hughes' numbers. See, to be honest, but why did Mark Hughes get sacked to Man City? I want you to tell me. Because he was a shit manager. No, we won't. The new owners came in and wanted a more blockbuster name, so they went and got Mancini overnight. He won two in his last 11. Did they, eh? <laughs> That's they why he was sacked. They came, not, wasn't he? Remember back in the day? Was Mark Hughes the manager that brought in the, was was the first city manager with the money? Like he brought in Robinho. No, well, right? well it, he was the manager when the when they when they took over. Mm-hmm. He he was the guy that bought, brought company to City before they had the masses of wealth that they now have. Aye, aye. But remember the job he done at Blackburn. Remember the job he done at Stoke. Is Stephen Ireland still a player? Because Mark Hughes seemed to like signing Stephen Ireland, didn't he? <laughs> Take Stephen Ireland over David Turnbull. I think Stephen Ireland's been retired about six years, but polishing that dome has for the last six years. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember who who it was that Mark Hughes had a pure big fallout with. It was a, it was one of his old players, but they they like went they were on a. In fact, it was Sunday. Done one of the Open Goal podcasts. I'm sure. And they they went on about how how bad a like man manager he is. The what podcast? Uh, yeah. Not not a full time football <laughs> podcast. No, no, it wasn't. But I they I can't remember who it was that was on it. It might come back to me at some point. But um, I they went on about how bad yeah. the man management man management was, uh, and just how much they hated him. So I think that's what gave me the idea that he was a dick. Uh, anyway, moving on He'd to certainly be a better man than the guy we've got there. Eh? <laughs> well done, Neil Lennon and Mark Hughes and Lambert for long enough. Uh, just want to go back briefly to Celtic and Hamilton. Put out a poll last week or whatever it was, and just like what the four teams 
most likely to go down. Hamilton absolutely strolled it. We all still think Hamilton's going to finish bottom. And Hopefully. Uh, well, Hopefully. We can, only dr- we can only dream. I mean, they date every other year, so it would make this year-long lockdown worth it. If that's <laughs> yeah, the name I, go down. To be uh, honest, Ross County looked stuck on and then made a very good appointment. Whether... Whether whether they're going to have enough players wise, I don't know. But we've got the right manager to, to make a stab at it. So, and uh, finally on the Celtic topic, um, Frank Pong's obviously left this week. Eleven point five million move to Bayer Leverkusen. In my opinion, you can't turn that down. But is that a sign to come about a change at Celtic? I, I'm quite disappointed. In all honesty, well, not like. I mean, don't get me wrong, Leverkusen's a brilliant, brilliant move for the boy, and it's hard, hard to turn down a move to the Bundesliga. It's not a bad deal Celtic have got, I've got to be honest. It's not as if it's just the Bundesliga, but you know, it's not as if he's went aye, to like, so, so Augsburg or something. Aye, it's, a, aye, it's a top end Bundesliga team as well. So it's a brilliant move for him, but uh, it kind of concerns me uh, uh, at, the, at the amount of youth players that have been jumping ship for us over the past. No, no, just for Impong, by the way, like, over the last couple of years. Even the talk of Karamoko Dembele is that he's absolutely gone in the summer. So, But Frimpong's obviously obviously been the, the kind of youngster that's been playing kind of most out of the kind of crop that's came through. So I'm really, really quite disappointed, to be honest. Good, don't, good blame, for him, don't, blame him for, don't blame him for wanting to go to Lever. Don't blame him for... <laughs> in all honesty, I don't blame him for wanting to get out of Celtic. Really. But it kind of worries me that as soon as an offer came in, he was away. Like, just just like that, in January as well. Like, and I, think up, some I, I would have been hopeful that he would have been one of the kind of main ones for a rebuild next year. And obviously it's not going to turn out that way. So... It'd been said that he'd been wanting away for the last six weeks or something. So it worries something. me. It worries me how the happiest wee guy in the world can be unhappy at a club. What was the quote he said or something like that? There was a quote that was. I my demands have not been met, but I think that was a bit. We'll find out soon. It, it'll be similar to what Dembele said. We'll find out. He'd, he'd have been pushing for a new contract, I'd imagine. Like, what? If, Obviously, without having any knowledge or it, I'd imagine he was pushing for a, an improved deal, which he, which he didn't get, essentially. So, I mean, it's a brilliant move for him. Do I, I, I don't know if he's going to go there and be a, be a starter straight away or no, like, to be honest. I know, was it Lars Bender? I, I know he's retiring. Retiring, aye. In the summer, so that's kind of the, the main kind of driving force behind getting him in. But, I mean... A club, a club preparing for the future, preparing for preparing for next season in January. It's 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 an interesting concept. It's a concept I would love to see matched at my own club, but it does doesn't seem to be happening just now. For me, you start a rebuild just now. Even if you can't get the right man in until the summer, start start cutting, start cutting the the fucking excess fat that we've got in the squad then. I think but you're, is that you're a dig at Lee Griffiths? Yeah. Is that a dig at Lee Griffiths? I think Lee Griffiths will be away in the summer. I've seen a lot of talk that I had to <laughs> uh, for him, so I, I, I think Griffiths I, will be away in the summer. I, I, fantastic, I be fantastic player on his day, but 
a, a guy that took four months to get fit when the league's the league was already pretty much gone by the time he was fit and firing. So I'm not just blaming Lee Griffiths. So I, don't get me wrong, there's been a million and one factors for Celtic this season. But see, you're just looking for an outside. Um... It's good money for a player that's not really performed in the last six months for me. I mean, uh, I, I, think, I think it's also... If you're looking for a rebuild, like, that's the kind of money. Like, he's, he's not he's no improved, I would agree. He's no improved. I don't think he's been performing anywhere near as bad as what it's been made out. He's no, he's no improved his final ball, but see, to be honest, guarantee under at Leverkusen, he'll be a, he'll be a, a starter within six months. He'll be one of their star players within a year. Or down to the level of coaching he'll be getting. That boy's got bags and bags of ability. If, so, if somebody can get the best out of him, they've got some player in their hands. And I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm quite gutted we'll not see the best there at Celtic. I'm quite yeah. happy about it. Is El Hamed leaving this window as well? Does that mean you're going to have no, to there was, there, was, there was talk, but uh, I, I think his agent came out and kind of said the talk wasn't, wasn't quite accurate, so I think he'll be staying. But yeah, the, talk, we'll take the, wee, the talk is it's a win at the end of the season anyway. So. We'll take a wee break for now anyway. And, uh, I was chatting to Jack Higgins earlier on. He was on the podcast in this early life. He's taking on a new adventure into the role of scouting and development, so... We'll just play that the note. Right, to take you away for the other blitherers tonight, uh, we're joined by Jack Higgins. How are you doing, Jack? Yeah, I'm all right. Very well. Glad to be on. Uh, it's obviously the first thing you've been on in a while, so I'll just give you a, a quick torture update on what's happening in the league right now. How are you feeling about Celtic's position? Uh, it's an absolute shambles. Um, I think that's probably the reason why I've took a hiatus for the football one. I'm just sick of watching Celtic, sick of talking about them. Um, there's no much else I want to say I mean it's an absolute right off of a season um, and there needs to be big changes if we're not getting the changes before the end of the season uh, next season we'll need to be, well, uh, over the summer we'll need to have some really serious rethinks uh, from top to bottom because it's an absolute disgrace and um, I can only hope that the only way is up now you know 10 in a row season such a vital season but if we can write it off now and just go right been that uh, tomorrow, you know, tomorrow, next season, we need to, um, you know, seriously, seriously uh, take a look at ourselves. I think. Do you think almost like the sales of Frank Pong and then all this chat about other players possibly leaving this window? Do you think that's basically what you're saying about like banning this season and just starting afresh <laughs> next season? Well, I like, Frank Pong would have been a good player that you would that I would have wanted to have in a potential rebuild. Um, but with that being said, eleven and a half millions. A decent price from given the fact that he's not really been. Nah, on he can't turn that down in Scottish football. Yeah, really, he's, he's not been. He's not been on it this season. To, so uh, you know, I'll bite your hand off for nearly twelve million for him. Uh, and best of luck to him. Like he's, it's obviously a really good move. It's not like he's, it's not like he's taking a, a step down or, or even a, a step sort of sideways. Um, you know, he's taking a real positive step. Bundesliga, as I'll get on to in a wee bit when I, when I'm talking, uh, you know, it's where you want to be playing your football. It's the right philosophy. It's the right style of playing, and you'll get plenty of opportunity there as well. So, um, no, I'm looking forward for for him to do well. But uh, like you were saying there, this this window is a big opportunity for us to just get some fresh faces in, and hopefully somebody that can just g us up because we're 
we're seriously lacking a bit of enthusiasm, I think. Um, as I said, from top to bottom, it's almost like everybody's pointing fingers and everybody's, um, you know, making excuses. I think, you know, there's such a, such a, um, such a strong feeling from the from the fans. Uh, we're all in agreement. Well, most of us are in agreement that you know something needs to change. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest issue right now is that we're not getting we're not getting even a hint of a change. It's just same old, same old. Uh, and I mean. A good a good win last night, um, but again a routine a, a, a game that we should be winning. We should we shouldn't be coming off the back of that, like, uh, thinking that we're lucky to have won that game or you know happy to be winning that game because that should yeah. be running the mill for us. You know, um, obviously Frimpong was a good example I've just used there because a player that came through Man City's academy, obviously, and then Celtic gave him his first uh, opportunity in senior football, and now he's obviously off to the Bundesliga for mm-hmm. quite a substantial fee. So that sets us up nicely for what you're actually on here to talk about today. Something a wee bit more positive. <laughs> yeah, um, so I think, I don't know if any of the listeners on full-time football um, have ever crossed over to FTTV, but I spoke about on FTTV about a new role that I took up, um, which is scouting uh, for the professional game. So basically, um, the company's called Continental Aspire. I'm, I'm reasonably new to the position and I'm not from a scouting background, I'm more from a coaching background. So scouting is something that over lockdown, you know, I, I wanted to kind of explore and, and see what I could do with it. Um, but a bit about Continental Aspire. So, you know, like a lot of these companies, we understand that so many players fall through the cracks and, and obviously fail to get this attention that they deserve. You know, that only 2% out of, you know, 100% of players that play at semi-professional or academy level actually go on to make it. So, you know, our, yeah, our, our mission as, you know, our mission as a sort of mediator is to try and give this opportunity, like the best opportunity to these players. Um, in, a, in our ranks, we've got world-class coaching and top facilities, um, and we try to we try to educate people, uh, try to educate players about the insight um, into the academy culture and what it's like to be, you know, playing professional football. Because a lot of players that do maybe get a trial or, you know, do get scouted and, and go on to a professional academy, they're, they're out of their depth there because they've never done it before. So we try to prepare them sort of briefly before they make that step, uh, what they can do to kind of give them the, the best chance of, of making it. Um, we passionately believe in the importance of education. Uh, that's one of our, our main f- uh, fundamentals. Education, excellence and opportunity are the three fundamentals that we're trying to um, instill here. So, um this this opportunity is unique because it's not only great value for money, but as I said, we we give insight into the recruitment side of the game that most uh, most players won't know. You know, like young players at sixteen all the way up to twenty one, you know, they they don't understand how to get scouted or what the best the best chance for them to get scouted. So yeah. that's that's why we're here. We're kind of there to bridge the gap between you know playing at your amateur, your semi professional, or even your grass grassroots level, um, and getting you you know. Onto a professional uh, board, so we're the first continental uh, player platform in the UK, um, preparing players for professional career and leading European leagues. Our coaching is based on a mix of German and Dutch philosophy, so got this this really free flowing football, attacking football, um, but also being really showed up at the back, good game management, that kind of thing. Um, so we're sort of designed to provide players for opportunities in Holland, Belgium, Germany, and France, because that's our main partnerships. So partnerships with Bundesliga, uh, the Belgian Pro League, Serie A, um, Ligue 1 and some more. So um, 
all of our continental aspire coaches are UEFA qualified uh, to a minimum of B level as well. So plenty of experience there for youth and child development. Um, many of the coaches that we work with or have connections with have played and coached at the highest levels in professional game as well. So, um, you know, this unique philosophy is instilled in all the coaches and we try to obviously filter that down regardless of the age of the player. Um, our goal is obviously to develop them and to being confident in themselves and independent. Um, and I think we obviously put emphasis on how important the right mental attitude is. Um, I think one part of part of the reason why only two percent of them make it is because you know nearly fifty percent of them don't have the right attitudes. So then, if you've got fifty with the right attitude and fifty with the wrong, and you're still only getting two out of the right attitude, that's where obviously the ability comes into it and and makes it you know, a more difficult test. Obviously, from my point of view, I'm new to the scouting, as I said. So, you know, identifying players is, is something that will come naturally. I've, I've played the game at, at different levels. Uh, never made it to professional, unfortunately. But, you know, played at amateur and semi-professional. And, um, you know, I've got a good knowledge of the game. So that's that's my kind of experience in this. But, you know, I've got good play, good uh, coaches and scouts around me that can that kind of mentor me. Um, I think what you said there about um, obviously there's a 50-50 chance of the mentality being right and the attitude being right I think like not to name any names but like I think everybody would know somebody that went to their school for example or that they've played with that like ability levels had everything but maybe just like the modern thing in Scotland like they went out drinking at the weekends and that and 100% aye 100% the thing is you, you actually mentioned uh, Frimpong earlier and obviously he came through the Man City's academy and We'll we'll know here to you know have a dig at uh, UK academies or, or you know slag them or say that they're not good, um, but what we are sort of offering is this chance to go to academies that we really really hold in high esteem compared to these uh, UK academies. That's our goal because we're taking players from the UK and trying to give them opportunities in continental Europe because the, the way the academies are run here are sometimes really ruthless, but also. As we know, you know, even watching it in the Scottish game, like a lot of young players don't get that opportunity unless you're maybe at a club like Hamilton or you know Motherwell or something that that are you know not reaching the heights of you know t- challenging for titles. Whereas, and I think a Celtic and Rangers and that maybe the young the young players just maybe aren't getting the opportunities that they should. Maybe a couple of years, uh, you know, uh, a decade ago they would have, but. Um, I feel like it's it's less and less now. We're now uh, we're now sort of importing from uh, foreign countries, taking players that have came from you know Dutch philosophy or uh, Norwegian or, or somewhere you know continental Europe. Um, and I definitely think, does seem the way forward. I mean, you've loads of examples in the last couple of years anyway about the boys that went for Celtic to Bayern Munich. And there's a Scottish boy at Feyenoord now, and all the English yeah. boys that went out to Germany and made a career for themselves. Whereas, like, uh, absolutely, I can tell you, you the last player Rangers have actually brought through and given a proper chance at it. Absolutely, and even Alfonso Davis, for example, as well. Um, you know, at a young age, moving out to there um, from Canada, Canada, where there's very, very little opportunity as well. So you really think that if he hadn't been spotted and hadn't been uh, taken over at the Bundesliga with Bayern, then you know where would he be at? Would he be playing with? <laughs> do you know what I mean? He could be playing with MD and, and maybe not even reaching the heights of MLS because he just wouldn't have been given the opportunity or. Indeed, the coaching and the and the mentoring that he got um, when he moved to the Bundesliga. I mean, that's brilliant. What? Um, but one thing I'd like to mention, just um, as we're going on, obviously I'm scouting players, um, but we do have next month. Uh, well, I say next month. Actually, it's next week, um, which will be February. 
Uh, we've got webinars coming up, which will be completely free live webinars. Um, and the content of the webinars will focus mainly on the recruitment aspect of the game at pro level. Um, and it will be massively beneficial for young players, um, any players that are listening, that um, are maybe at that grassroots level, but at a young age, or maybe even some players that are playing at amateur, but are still, you know, maybe got aspirations to move up to semi-pro or pro uh, level. This kind of thing will be, you know, right up your street. You'll learn so much about how to get scouted and and why recruitment's so important and what you can do to give yourself the best possible chance. But on on top of that, um, as I said, the the webinars are free and open to anyone. I actually would recommend them to other scouts if any scouts are listening or any coaches are listening. Um, there's so much insight into this uh, this side of the game that normally you wouldn't get access to. Um, and that's something that we're obviously trying to give access to, not just to players, but to, to people who can also help players and around them. Um, in addition to the webinars that we've got next month, um, we've got a big thing coming up in April, which will be our online training course, um, which is run by UEFA Pro coach Ken Baston, who's uh, at Royal Antwerp at the moment. He's the under-21s coach and uh, one of the coaches for the first team as well for Royal Antwerp. Um, if you, I mean, I won't go through all the details for that, but you know, um, because of the effect of COVID and stuff, we've obviously resorted to doing online services. So that's why we've got the, the webinars and the online training coming up. But um, if you'd like to know any more at all on that, feel free to message me. Um, you know, I can put my details on the, the podcast. Um, but also, if you want to check out the website, you know, everything's pretty uh, pretty easily navigate. Uh, it's easy to navigate the website. Sorry, there's Easy tabs web webinar online training, it's right there for you. So if you go on continentalaspire.com, you can find it on there as well. All right, I definitely will share that link uh, near the time, and I'll be looking forward to listening in. Nice one, mate. I'll keep you updated, and hopefully we can uh, find the next Alfonso Davis or something. Maybe he's maybe he's <laughs> sitting in, in a house in Glasgow somewhere right now. Mate, you'd hardly just help at uh, scouting in Rangers, would you? Start a dispatch with us and just send a good few players to Rangers. <laughs> I will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's us back. I uh, what you didn't hear there, boys, is our good pal Jack talking about his venture into scouting and development, um, helping young players make the move across Europe. For example, if you've, you're playing Scotland or something like that, you're playing at semi-professional level, and you think you're about a ticket and you can make it abroad because opportunities aren't are very few and far between here. Um, Higgins, help we'll me up. <laughs> Aye, I've already asked him mate but apparently I'm not good enough <laughs> uh, moving on to the last four games that were played yesterday Dundee United 1 St Mum 5 a few of you were quite surprised that Dundee United losing this game I backed St Mum my uh, I don't know but obviously we've been we've been quite uh, singing St Mum's praises after our bit this season and <laughs> Obviously, that's kind of our crowning, crowning glory so far. Well, maybe the, maybe the League Cup semi, to be fair. Or the League Cup uh, quarterfinal, sorry. But I, th- I think this I think this rank's pretty high in the highlights of the season. Aye. Big, biggest win in the league since... Um, 30, 36 years. Aye. But, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> the, 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 main, like, the best part of the game was, was Ian Hart's goal. Wow. Aye, I was actually going to ask you that. It was a six-goal thriller. I was going to say which I think was the best goal. Personally, I thought um, see the, the last goal. I think it was Ryan Flynn. Was that uh, that carried the ball? Ran to the byline and it was kind of uh, almost like that. Is it Dennis that knocked it in? Ah, do you know why? The main Gareth Bale goal when he played Barcelona. Aye, and he runs it right down the byline. 
I thought it was very similar oh, to that. Obviously, right. it wasn't having scored the goal. Also, it off to death. I also didn't, didn't actually realise Ryan Flynn was still at the month, to be honest. I, I, I seen last, last night that was his first start, uh, I think, of the season. But I actually never even realised he was still there. That, that's it's testament to come in, come in your first start and make a run like that in the 86th minute. I actually read something today that I think he's going to be leaving St. Mum. Ah, uh, well... Maybe that be long busting run at the end of the game last night is Real Madrid get, get to the move. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you see the I can't remember what one it was it was the first penalty the second penalty but one of them oh my god it must have been the softest penalty of all time I think it was the uh, first I've, one the, fir- the first one I've got a couple of soft penalties in the last few weeks to be fair I mean, they've, they've, they've had so many, so many penalties for them so many penalties they've had Millions, definitely millions. I think it was the first one, but oh my god, I kept on rewinding this YouTube stream I was watching. I could not see for the life of me what the hell the ref gave. But I, I had that on my fantasy team, so two goals, happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, that's the mum up to seventh spot, and they're two points behind Dundee United, and they've got three games in hand on Dundee United as well. So this I'll be hopeful for St Mum. Europe bus still or uh, is top six Aye. achievable? Is it Gary? Am I right in saying up to fifth place get some kind of European football? I've got a feeling that it, that yeah. depends on the the cup winners. Because uh, uh, remember, remember this year. I, I think it's for next season. The, the kind of second Europa League starts. Uh, the conference. I'm, I'm completely basing this off football manager, by the way. Just. I don't think it's next year it starts. I think next year Scotland gets the two Champions League qualification spots. Right, and and then it's the year after that it goes to this new Europa League two thing, whatever it is. Because if you're talking, if you're talking five players, you'd, you'd say Livingston have an absolutely phenomenal chance of Europe. In fact, uh, to be honest, the, the form Livingston, I'm, I'm just I'm just looking at the table. They're now they're, they're only they're only five points off Hibs with a game in hand at the minute in fourth place. So it's a very very realistic very realistic for Livy at the minute. Talking a European tour. That'd be pretty. I asked you on right, just how you've said Livy. There, I'm looking at the table as well, McCann. If Jack's position would be under threat, if Livy come fourth and Hibs come fifth. Is Jack Ross's position under threat then? See, I don't I would, know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. Still no. Nah. I don't... Can I back that up with much, though? No, because the, the, the Hibs should never be finishing first with the... Oh, well, with the TL. Well, I mean, I'm looking you know. at it. Like, Lovey's got a game played, a game left. If they win that, they go two points behind Hibs. Nah, I mean... They've got a good chance. Hibs are in an upward trajectory. Ah, uh, sorry, Lovey's the... Right upward trajectory then, so. Anyway, it's not like this podcast it carried away, so we'll move on to that one. <laughs> uh, Ross County won Motherwell 2. Graham Alexander eventually finds his first win, and it was the first game, I think it was a 14 games or something like that, Motherwell went without a win. Ah, I know it's... I mean, talk, talking about Hibs underachieved, Motherwell have certainly underachieved this season. So they stopped last year. What the fuck's happened? I know, but Wheels, Wheels totally fell off them at the start of the season. I, I mean, I've, I've seen, did I vote? I've watched a couple of Motherwell games lately. 
I, I, I seen the the Hamilton game actually, and then I seen the Rangers game. Hamilton game, they were abysmal, absolutely Aye. abysmal. Crazy. I thought but, uh, the Rangers game they played all right. I thought that they had one. Declan Gallagher was solid uh, in that game. Declan Gallagher was out, but they had one tactic that absolutely astounded me. Like every time Letting. Rangers had the ball in a wide area, they, they almost played it like a set piece. They wouldn't, they wouldn't right. chase it down. They would just lay out their defence as if, like, right, you're going to cross it in, so cross it in. Right, one of the most bonkers like. tactics I've ever seen. Uh, they, they were that confident in beating us in there, though. Right? And they, they did pretty much every time. Of course, Itton's goal came for across into the hill. But that's like one, one out of like 40 crosses that were probably put into the box. I mean... I've not, I've, I've never, I've never quite seen a, seen a team so happy just to let crosses come in. Like, oh, it's like what up to, up to very, very late on in the game. But I thought that was an interesting, interesting pinpoint for that game. But yeah, aye, aye. Mullerwell beating Ross County, so six pointer. That's aye, dead, definitely. I think Ross, I'm, I'm not saying Ross County would have been ahead of Mullerwell going into that game. Aye, they were. Aye, they've jumped above them now. Obviously, obviously, I know Ross County have played a couple more games and those around them, but uh, I think, see, see my kind of infamous kiss of death, I know Ollie Shaw scored a game last night, so that's three goals. <laughs> that's three, three goals, three games Maybe three, three, three and three or three and four since we last spoke, so I've, I've absolutely played a blinder with that one. I'd also, well, like, to state, I'd also like to state right now that I, I never slated Shankland, but I might. I maybe suggested the fact that his position in the Scotland squad was maybe under threat, and that night he scored for. I want to say maybe forty-five yards. I think I think well, you were basically. Shots, I think it was literally as you were calling him. Ah, I, 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 I must have. must have heard you. I'd also <laughs> like to reiterate. I didn't. I didn't call him shit. I just merely, merely suggested that for the Scotland squad, I was maybe. Be more inclined to have missed, but um, and I didn't. I didn't, didn't only name drop him. I name drop McDonnell as well. So you mentioned Dolly Shaw there, but you mentioned Dolly Shaw in the last podcast about no scoring enough, basically, and he scored three and three. I mentioned Devante Cole since Graham Alexander's came in. He scored, <laughs> I think, three and three, three and three. I think as well, three and four. No, I think uh, three and four. I so uh, I can't, so can't say too much about it. We are absolutely on fire. Is what we're trying to allude to here. So what I'm going to say is Morelos, shite, need more <laughs> goals, hat trick next week pending. I've already slated Griffiths enough tonight, so. <laughs> right, Torres, giving you the floor on this one. St Johnson no, Aberdeen no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the term murder ball comes to mind. <laughs> Yeah, I watched this. I watched these highlights. It was one of the ones. I was watching one of the highlights today, and I was like, I need a piss. Will I pause it? No, I'll just go and piss. Came back, and it was five. <laughs> and I was like, oh, lovely. <laughs> um, I've seen a lot on Twitter recently, but about McInnes' position at Aberdeen being under threat, and sometimes an Aberdeen phone or phones into Super Soul scoreboard and that. And I can't understand where it's coming from, but what, what do you think? Didn't they realise you get signal up there? No, I, I think McInnes is maybe a victim of his own success. So I think we're talking about Ross earlier, maybe not quite 
matching what's expected of him. I mean, McKinnon's the last couple of seasons, to be fair. I mean, Kilmarnock have finished up and then Mullerwell have finished up. Aberdeen, probably rightfully so, for, for, the, for the budget they have compared to their teams, would be expecting to finish above Kilmarnock and Mullerwell every season. So maybe the past couple of seasons, I can maybe I can maybe sympathise a wee bit, but I think McKinnon's over over the the piece at Aberdeen is performed probably, if not if if not up to expectations, probably above them. To be honest, I know the fact that he's only won one trophy in a in a period where Aberdeen would have been really really seen it as a big chance to get a couple of trophies though because I mean how yeah. many finals were there against Celtic or, or semi-finals equally as much but, but uh, if that was a feeling towards it then they should have finished it when Rangers came back up realistically aye I mean oh, it's, that, that's what I was kind of alluding to there the fact they won one cup in that whole period I mean, you look, it wasn't as if Celtic were winning every cup at that time, let's be honest. I know for the last four years since, like, they have been. No, mentioned before St. that, you had the likes of St Mirren, you had St Johnston, Dundee, all the teams getting silverware, which Aberdeen could maybe look at and say, well, how's that not been us? Because I come with Aberdeen, they should be. It's fair, I, know, I know how hard it is for, for these clubs to win trophies, but I come with Aberdeen should be kind of looking at. Every ten years, maybe a couple of Scottish cups or a couple of league cups in a ten-year period. Maybe some some of the kind of what Hearts kind of typically achieve. Hearts every every couple of years are always in and about the Scottish Cup. One no. at one at I think twice in the last maybe thirteen years or something. So uh, I think something like that for that is where Aberdeen should be. Like they should they should have a bit more guile about them when it comes to these games, but. I, I, I don't I don't think you can really say McInnes has any expectations. No, I mean, who do you even bring in if, if you're getting rid of McInnes here? Well, like, surely McInnes is leaving, like, McInnes I, I, is leaving I, I, for another job. I think you could convince quite big names to take the Aberdeen job. I mean, Aberdeen is a big job, but it's like... I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know what their, what their limitations would be. It certainly wouldn't. Certainly wouldn't be a high-end European manager or, or anything like that. But well, the way it is, the way it can claim it, I think they were all taking like fifty percent wage cuts into the bar. Aye, so, uh, I think we so, mentioned as well, Gary McKay Stephen. That's a player you truly think would have went back to Aberdeen, but he chose Hearts. So obviously there must be some financial issues because I can't see a situation where Gary McKay Stephen's agent isn't like here at Aberdeen. He's willing to come back to Scotland here. Well, I think the Aberdeen fans should be careful what they wish for because I don't think they'll get much better than McInnes, to be honest. The, the job he does rebuilding the team near enough year on year, it's quite, it is quite a good job he's doing up there, to be honest. Always difficult to, to beat. I think that's so. This year as well, Tor, is um, Sam Cosgrove was injured for large periods of the season and except for Lewis Ellison scoring a few penalties, I can't think who's really been scoring their goals. I'll say one thing. See, every Aberdeen fan I see, I see, isn't he, isn't he really having Sam Cosgrove either, by the way? Uh, he's been pretty poor. I mean, mm-hmm. for that same looking in, you think like, Sam Cosgrove's your talisman, but I've, I, I don't know. The, those that are taking a closer look at him, obviously, than we are, like, don't know, they seem to be having him. I think that's injuries maybe affected them, or was this pre injury? I, 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 I mean, I, it was. It was it, 
I've not seen enough full full ninety minute Aberdeen games to to really say say how bad his form's been, but he doesn't he doesn't seem to be a big fan favourite now. I've backed him on my fantasy team a few weeks and he's, he's been struggling goal wise anyway. But I, I honestly can't Curtis May was starting up front for them for a few weeks, but I can't even remember him scoring uh, that many goals. I, I think he scored uh, a double one weekend, but I'm, I don't know where they have either, in all honesty. No, they are. Uh, he's just a he's big a, lump of wood. He's a, kind of, he's a kind of big guy that likes to put himself about and kind of try and hassle defenders, but he's no, he's no, he's not. I don't think he's very technically good, to be honest. And I, I don't think he's Aberdeen level. Put it that way. Yeah, I think he's more. I think he's more of a kind of. I don't know. Put any kind of disrespect, that kind of Hamilton or so, something like that. Hamilton Ross County maybe level. Um, we'll move on for Aberdeen St Johnson no no match anyway since that was clearly the, the blow first of the week and move on to the last game of the week Libby 2 Kelly 0 Ali will be absolutely billing right now uh, David Martindale will be having a bag ready to celebrate the <laughs> <laughs> I mean the Libby the train just keeps going doesn't it it was uh, very very late they get their two goals last night so but uh, I, I, was, I was talking to a Libby fan in my work today uh, not a Libby fan a Kelly fan sorry never met a Libby fan uh, but <laughs> Like ever, I met a lovely fan as well. Actually, nah, but he was saying that the two 0 actually flattered Kelly. To be honest, he said that they weren't even in the game at 0-0. It was just constant pressure for Livingston. Ah, uh, that, that's a lot. Uh, they were late goals as well, weren't they? Yeah. They, they? They don't seem to be having their manager much anymore. Either the Kelly fans. Ah, I just struggling financially, but I don't like Kelly. Like Alex Dyer actually, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But, uh, really well spoken guy. Uh, I don't know much about his football philosophy, but I think, he, I think he's a lovely, lovely guy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I heard Lennon's a lovely guy. I actually did see a thing last night, and it's like uh, Mark Martindale's done six and a half years in jail. Alex Dyer's just a all nice guy. It's like being a nice guy in football doesn't win you games. <laughs> uh, that kind of rings through, I suppose. No, I'm saying David Martindale is, isn't, he, isn't he a nice guy. I'm sure, I'm sure he is nowadays. Um, and that, that that game, Kelly really could have snatched it towards the end of the game, like before uh, Livy scored the first goal. Um, that George, the new guy that they signed for Hamilton, George Oakley. George Oakley, George Oakley. Uh, missed it, missed a sitter. And, oh, uh, did you see that picture I put in the chat the other night of the somebody drew him? Yeah. Oh my God, that was terrible. I was considering messaging the guy <laughs> off of the podcast and saying, can we get you on to talk about that drawing? But I didn't have the balls. Just slate him. <laughs> oh my God. I liked his profile and he drew a few of the players. Greg Kilty in that as well. He draws the kits in that well, but oh fuck, can he draw faces? <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, the kind of weird and wonderful world we got into talking about George Oakley's recent career mind there aren't they oh, <laughs> what was that it was that oh okay, I don't, I don't know the the second, club, it was the second, second team division of Bulgaria or something like <laughs> fuck me I mean I was in the chat the other day but we thought he had a good an alright career at Hamilton uh, so, I mean, Col- Colbert str- struggling a bit they know they've slipped into 8th below St Mirren so Ooh. Yeah, I, Ali, I mean, Ali, I'm actually Ali looking at it. And they, they, they could, they could be uh, in a relegation dogfight if they don't get their finger out soon, Kelly. Because right. I would say every team below them, apart from maybe Hamilton, 
is on a decent enough trajectory then pick up a few points. I'll say the three teams below them, St Johnston, Mullerwell and Ross County. Obviously two teams with a new manager and St Johnston just made the League Cup final on, on a decent run of form themselves. So, make uh, up that what you will. Yeah, <laughs> that boy I spoke about as well, um, the Irish boy came for Shelburne. He scored the, the winning uh, goal. Cabby or whatever you call him. He came, yeah, on, he came, on, uh, he came on against Celtic last week. That's... that's... Uh, and Scott planted an elbow right in his face. <laughs> oh, was it was it him? I thought I thought it was Pat. Uh, that shows you how much I was paying attention I to the game. The boy in my work saying that, that Irish boy just came on, and then about five minutes later, that Irish boy has been elbowed in the face by Scott Brown. He's been sent off. Alright, so good introduction to Scottish football. <laughs> but I love his fit and proper. How many games can Martindale go unbeaten? Let's look at the next couple of fixtures. I would, I would, ho- I would hope to think entirely plays Rangers. Right, they're playing Aberdeen home and away the next two fixtures. Um, I can't, I, see, would, I can't see I would Aberdeen. Suggest, I would suggest they would struggle to get uh, get two wins out of that anyway. I would suggest. I, I take... I've been wrong many, many, many times before. So. <laughs> I reckon there's going to be what, at least one nil nil in the between the two games. Aye, well, we're just saying Aberdeen struggling for goals, obviously. But... Well, if, if we're saying Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen were struggling for goals, I've got, they're going to put six past Livy, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, Livy have only conceded six in 12 games since Martindale came in, so I'd, I'd be very shocked at that. <laughs> Curtis main hat-trick, Sam Cosgrove at the brace, and I don't know. Who else will be slating for Aberdeen? Scott Wright. Ash Taylor for good man. Scott Robinson will probably score a couple of goals since we've given so much praise. Anyway, we'll wrap that up the route. Spurs and Liverpool are playing the route. I think it's 0 0 last I checked. Meanwhile, we're going to wrap this up for, for the game starting. I think for it's the game starting. It's nearly half time, mate. Would you class Spurs Liverpool 0 0 in the same league as a St Johnston Aberdeen 0 0? Absolutely. Nah, this is, I've, I've, I've been watching this to be fair it's actually been a really good game I put Spurs in my coupon but uh, Son, Son had a goal disallowed in the fourth minute I've also got Athletic Bilbao in my coupon who are losing 1-0 oh really? Well, anyway you can't, it's not like you to get teams wrong in your coupon enough <laughs> about my coupon I'll I'll sign it off at that by letting you know about another disappointing coupon for me Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right, always a pleasure Hi, see you after boys. See you soon.